Greetings, this is Jungle Jim. Jungle Jim at your service. Welcome back to another edition of Jungle Jim Reads the Christmas Story. In our first reading, we learned about how God sent an angel to a woman named Mary. And she, the angel told her that she would become pregnant. A new life would form inside her. A baby boy. A baby boy that would be called the Son of God. And that Mary was supposed to give that baby the name Jesus. A name that basically means the Lord saves. That's why Jesus left heaven. He was by the side of God and came and became a man, a person, the son of God. And then after he was born and lived, he lived a life in complete obedience to God. He always did what pleases his father. That's a very simple way to look at life. I will just simply do what pleases my father, what pleases God. Now, this was a problem though, because Mary was supposed to get married to a man named Joseph. Everybody knew they were engaged, meaning they were, they were going to get married and become husband and wife. But the problem is, well, after a certain amount of time, a baby, as it, you know, it starts out teeny tiny, doesn't even look like a baby at first. It grows and grows and grows inside a woman, and then she's, well, her, her tummy, it starts to pooch. Now, I've been working on my, my jungle gym pooch, um, poochy tummy, but uh, I'm getting it a little smaller, trying, trying to do so. But yes, it looks different than just, you know, putting on the old getting older fat kind of pooch. So yes, after a while, a woman cannot hide the fact that the baby is inside her and growing within her. And so eventually everyone knew that Mary had a child and Joseph heard about it. He didn't know what to do. That's not supposed to happen when you're not married. You're supposed to wait. And he's the one who's supposed to help Mary to have a baby. So someone else must have done that. And Joseph thought, well, I, I guess I, I can't marry Mary. And he wanted to just kind of quietly break off the marriage so that no one would, would really be harsh to Mary or cruel to her, say mean things to her. But God sent an angel to Joseph as well. Hey, the angel explained everything. It said the baby is from the Holy Spirit. It is from God and the Holy Spirit working together. He's going to be called, uh, you give him the name Jesus, and he'll also be called Emmanuel, meaning God with us. So that's what Jesus did as he lived. When you read about the life of Jesus, it's just like reading about God himself. If God had come and he had been a man, a person, everything that God with everything Jesus did was the exact same thing that God would do. So Jesus helps us under Jesus becoming a visible person that people could hear and touch and see and talk to gave them a way to understand the God that at least right now, for now, we can't see and touch him and we can talk to him in prayer, 
But it's, a, it's much different than talking to a person face to face. So, but the angel told Joseph, go ahead, Mary, Mary, it's okay. This is the work of God. And that's what Joseph did. He took Mary to be his wife. Now, we pick up our story. Joseph and Mary are husband and wife. They're living in Nazareth, a little town in Galilee, the northern region of the country of Israel. But they're going to have to take a road trip with a pregnant woman. That's not that much fun. But let's read about it before I say too many other things and get myself in trouble with, well, pretty much every woman who hears this. Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. I hear you. Jungle Jim, here you go again, talking about all these people and places that I've never heard before. How am I supposed to understand this if you don't explain these things? Please allow me a moment. There's a town, a city, a big city, even today in the country of Italy. It's called Rome. And back in these days, oh, Rome had a mighty, strong, incredibly powerful army that had conquered much of the world, including the country of Israel. Israel wasn't an independent country anymore. They had to obey anything and everything Rome told them to do. And the ruler of the Roman Empire, he wasn't called a king, but he was like a king. He was called the emperor. And he was Caesar Augustus at this time. And so Caesar Augustus issued an order. And that order was that a census, in other words, accounting, should be taken of the entire Roman world. Okay, we got one person here, two, three, four, five. It's kind of complicated to count all the people that live in, in a little even town, let alone an entire empire. So, to simplify things, verse 3, we read, And everyone went to his own town to register. The town of their family history. Maybe your, your parents or your grandparents, they have a town that they grew up in. And so you'd go to that town to be counted along with other people. They'd all go, who their family came from that town and they would all go there. Verse 4, so Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea. Remember, that's the southern part of the country of Israel at this time. Galilee was in the north. There was actually a middle part called Samaria that wasn't a part of Israel. And then below it was Judea. And so that's where Joseph and Mary went. And they went to a town called Bethlehem, the town of David because he belonged to the house and line of David. Remember, in Israel's history, there was a king named David, and his family came from Bethlehem. Mary and Joseph were both descendants of King David. That means they were children of the 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 children who were children of King David. Simple, right? Okay, let's keep going. Joseph went there to register with Mary, 
who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, a, a, a box designed to, to feed animals in a barn because there was no room for them in the inn, in the, in the, the motel, if you will, the, the place where people would normally stay. You see, so many people had come to Bethlehem that there was no vacancy in the inn. And the problem was, you know, poor old Joseph, uh, uh, you know, carry, you know, dra walking along, Mary, Mary's there on the donkey, and, and you know, about every six minutes, uh, uh, Joseph, uh, Joseph, you know, I, I need a bathroom break, and, and that kind of thing. You know, she was very pregnant at the time. You can't just, you know, run, you know, and have a woman bouncing up and down on a donkey when she's about to give birth. That, that will not go well. It's not safe for the child. And so, you know, it was a slow march to Bethlehem, not including the stops for, you know, pickled flavored ice cream and all that other stuff. So, yes, so by the time they got there, so many other people had arrived in Bethlehem. There was no place in the inn, but someone had compassion and mercy on Joseph and Mary and at least let them stay in a, a, a barn that they had a shelter where Mary could give birth to her child and at least have for, you know, a crib, a, a manger. Now, that is, uh, you may think, well, now, why would God have his child born there? Wouldn't God want his child born in a mansion, in, in some glorious place? No, God doesn't think like we think. Is much smarter. And sometimes being so much smarter than we are, his ways are hard to understand. But I think one of the things he wanted was, well, a few things here. Uh, he didn't want Jesus to have an easy life. He needed a difficult life to truly be the son of God that he needed to be, the, the savior that he needed to be to understand how difficult life is for people. And so God didn't give Jesus the easiest of lives so he could understand the pain and the struggles that many of us go through. And Joseph and Mary, they were not a rich couple. They were newlyweds. Very difficult to be rich when you're newlyweds, let me tell you. So yes, God had Joseph born, um, Jesus born in basically a barn. Now, verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. You know, shepherds, they, they were out in the fields with their buffalo and... It, what? What do you mean? It, it, it's not buffalo? The shepherd, shepherds, they, they heard... What do shepherds heard? Oh, yes, they heard ships. That's right. They were out in the field with their ship. Psst. What, what's, um, no? No, what is, oh, you're right, sheep. Yes, excuse me. Yes, they were in the fields with their sheep, and they're just watching them, and it's night, and then an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. 
Angels, they can look some, they can look as powerful as they want to look given the moment. Um, but yes, they, they saw an angel appear in heaven and it scared them. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Do you remember that from our last video or podcast? That God doesn't want us to be afraid when he tells us what he needs us to do, when he brings good messages to us, when he, when he explains what he is doing. He doesn't want us to be afraid of him. He's your loving dad. He's your loving father. And so please, don't fear him. Learn to obey and love him. All right, let's keep going. The angel said, don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Christ is a name that means anointed one. Um, it was also called, in a different language, they would use the word Messiah. And what that meant is, back in days, for reasons I do not understand, they would take oil and anoint you whenever you were given an important mission or a, a place of important uh, power, like being a king. They would anoint you and it's, and why they put oil on your head. I don't know why they weren't going to bake cookies on your head after they put the oil there. So, but it, I don't know. But yes, it was a sign that you had been given a, play, a, a very important position or a very important mission. And in this case, it was both. Jesus was given the position of king, the king that we are to obey. And he was also given the mission to take the punishment for our sins, which he did much later in his life when he died on the cross. So that is why Jesus is called the Christ. He's the anointed one, meaning the one meant to be king and savior. Verse 12, this will be a sign to you. The angel's talking to the shepherds. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, Peace to men on whom his favor rests. Oh, what a wonderful message. God longs for us to have peace. God, is, God's favor is on us. He loves us. And he wants us to learn to love him and others. Verse 15, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that, that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. No, that does not mean he wasn't telling the truth. He couldn't even speak yet. No, he was lying down in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So this God chose to reveal the message about the great, glorious birth of Jesus to some simple shepherds 
out in the field, poor humble shepherds watching over their sheep. But that's very symbolic because Jesus is our shepherd. He watches over us and he, he protects us from danger. He steers us in the way that we should go. We have to listen to him. Now, if he tells us one thing and we, we refuse and go somewhere else, well, he'll try and save us. And he seeks after us. He runs after us and tries to find us and bring us back. But yes, we can choose to, you know, never obey. Let's not do that. But he is our shepherd and he loves us and cares for us. So accept his love, accept his care. And these shepherds went and they saw the baby Jesus, just like they had been told. And they glorified God and, and just, I'm sure they went around and told everybody about what had happened to them and what they had seen. The good news, a savior has arrived. Now, sometime later, a vet, a new, uh, some other people arrived at the scene, if you will. This is back in the book of Matthew. The story of, the, of Jesus is told the birth, the Christmas story, in two places in the Bible, the book of Matthew and the book of Luke. And so Matthew, he writes about some very curious people that showed up to, uh, to see Jesus. So this is Matthew chapter 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. Now, Roman, the remember, we talked about the Roman Empire, and it ruled even the country of Israel. Well, they had appointed a person to watch over Israel, King Herod. And so Herod was kind of startled at this news that these strangers had taken such a long trip, come to Jerusalem, the, the capital of Israel, and they're saying another king has been born, the king of the Jews, the Israelites. So God had for these wise men, these magi, had placed a star in the sky, and they knew when they saw that particular star, that was the sign that the Savior had been born. And so they had taken a long journey to try and find him. So when, verse 3, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ, the anointed one, was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied. For this is what the prophet has written. See, the prophets, not only did they speak God's word, they, wrote them, they often wrote them down. And so people throughout history, they copy what the prophets wrote very carefully so that others could read about what they wrote. And so one prophet had written, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Now, back in this prophet's day, the land that they called Judea was called Judah. 
And so he said that a ruler was going to come out of Bethlehem to do what? To shepherd God's people. Jesus is our shepherd. So they knew that someday a ruler, a king, would be born in Bethlehem. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. Some very, uh, very precious spice, if, if I'm not mistaken. I, I, uh, oh, burr. I should have looked up the word myrrh. All right. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Now, you see, Herod was faking. Was, he was faking that he wanted to see Jesus. He wasn't wanting to worship Jesus. He was jealous. He was the king. He didn't want another king to grow up and take his place. And so God warned, God knew what was in Herod's heart. He knows what's in our hearts. He knows our true character, our true feelings. Sometimes people will say bad things about you. They'll say bad things are in your heart when there's not. You have good and love in your heart and people accuse you and say, no, no, that's not the way it is. But God always knows what's truly inside us. And he doesn't misunderstand who we are, what we feel, our character. So God knew what was in Herod's heart. But that wasn't good in love. It was evil. And so God warned the wise men, don't go back the way you came. Don't go tell Herod where Jesus is. And the wise men, the magi, they obeyed. So what can we learn from the Christmas story? We learn that God loves us. Jesus loves us. You know what heaven is like? Oh, it's a perfect place. It is now. It's gone through its troubles. That's another story for another day because Satan, that I think mentioned either in this podcast, the last one, you know, he's God's enemy. He stirred up some trouble up in heaven. But he's not there and his followers aren't there anymore. But heaven is a wonderful, wonderful place. It's, it's like leaving the beach to come to a garbage dump or leaving a, a very scenic view in the mountains, so lovely, and then, you know, coming to, well, just you know, a heap of trash. It, it, the earth is much more beautiful than that, but I'm just saying by comparison, it's nothing compared to what's in heaven. And yet Jesus, out of his love for us, God out of his love for us, Jesus left the paradise of heaven 
and came to live in on earth where there is pain and there is suffering and there's troubles and there's crying and life isn't always happy. But Jesus chose to come here. God chose, allowed him to come to send him so that someday he would grow up and he'd go around and he'd teach us God's ways. He'd show us how to obey God. He'd show us how God truly wants us to live and what he truly wants us to be. People of love, faith, hope, peace, joy, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. And then having shown us the ways of God, he would allow himself to be tortured, to be hurt in, in very terrible ways. Even to the point he died for us, taking the punishment for the things that we do wrong so we could be forgiven. But that is the Christmas story. And thank you for listening. This has been Jungle Jim. Jungle Jim at your service.